Okay, welcome to Thelma and Tom Look Left. We're back again for our second series, and uh, I've taken a bit of an editorial decision here to add in a little bit of our conversation that we had before we actually pressed the record button officially. Uh, so it's a bit of an odd start to our first podcast of this series, but anyway, here we go. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, that's one one of the reasons I like the podcast. Over pr prior to the podcast, I was getting active in the actual organisation of politics, and it was really doing me in. Actually, it yeah. takes some doing, doesn't it? You've got to be really patient. I, you know, I never. I, I used to love to see comrades and friends at CLP meetings, but I never really enjoyed all that, um, especially with the Labour Party. This kind of you know, following the rule book and and mm. the order of meetings and motions. And mm -hmm. I, I just used to, we tried to change it. I mean, I was involved in trying to make it more, well, more democratic at the time and yeah. more fun in a way as well, yeah. you know, yeah. because politics is serious. But actually there has to be that element of enjoyment in whatever you're doing. And um, I, I just, I did used to find um, the way Labour operated at um, branch and, and a lot of replication where you'd go to a branch meeting and then there'd be confirmation of what you'd agreed at the branch meeting at the constituency meeting. And when I was teaching and I was dealing with a load of staff meetings and things anyway, I did used to find it a pain. So I don't miss it sounds awful. I miss some comrades, but I don't miss I don't miss the meetings, if I'm honest. That's all. I think that's kind of all that kind of crap that goes on at meetings and in societies and parties and stuff, it, that's the natural evolution of that thing, isn't it? Because the couple of times I've got tricked into being on a committee or something, and you just see all this stuff and you just think, what is all this about? But it's yeah. just historical kind of safety stuff, isn't it? So that it's almost like a straitjacket of this is how we're going to run things. This is, yeah. and I, I think it really doesn't help with creativity and um, that idea of thinking. Uh, I hate to use the phrase outside the box, but it, it's, mm. it suppresses. You know, if somebody instinctively thinks, "Oh, now we could lead on to this," it's been like teaching. You know, the teachers that just follow a lesson plan and, and a child says something that's really kind of inspirational and prompts discussion to say, oh, yeah, but that's not what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's, uh, But it's in politics, too, I think. Yeah. And interestingly, I bet you it's not I bet you it's not quite like that on the right side of politics, because they would be like this is much more dynamic and direct about trying to get what they want. And they're not going to let procedure stand in the way. <laughs> Well, they're, they're at the other extreme, aren't they? It's like the stuff and nonsense we're not following. Yeah. We're not following the rules. It's kind yeah. of like, it's kind yeah. of getting that balance, really, isn't it? Um, I, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Shall we get started? Because we're yes, talking about we the best bits before we get started. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Shall we just go straight in, Thelma? Yeah, let's um, do it. Um, so, uh, well, here we are again. Back. Me and Thelma, back. And... Uh, yeah, can't wait to get started. So much to talk about. So much has gone on in the meantime since we last uh, did a podcast. Um, 
I, I, I think we could have had about 20 podcasts with all the stuff that's been going on. Um, I know we've been exchanging messages, but uh, um, but having said that, um, I don't know about you, but I feel very refreshed um, having had a bit of a break. Um, but, but yeah, Tom, you're right. There's certainly been loads going on um, since our last episode. Um, and I'm really looking forward to catching up with you um, over the next uh, few weeks and months. Yeah, definitely there's been a few times when I thought I've really surely me and Thelma should be doing a special on this. But anyway, I, I think that's the nature of the of the thing that we're talking about. It just rolls on and on and on and on. And um, yeah, great great to have a few weeks off and, and uh, you know, do other stuff. Because I'm i one of these people that when, when I get into something, it just completely dominates my whole life. And and I think that was kind of why, partly why we needed to have a bit of a break really from the podcast. So I get it back into perspective. But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, Thelma, I see you've got uh, one of the big, big news items is that you've got an article published in Red Pepper magazine. And uh, I've not come across, the only time I come across Red Pepper was they did a really good article about uh, comedy that I read because that's something that I'm interested in because of my son and um, but it's a it's a, a very well respected magazine isn't it Red Pepper? Yes and I have to admit I, I had had um, a look at uh, a couple of um, copies in the past but hadn't really been a subscriber and I was approached by um, Hilary Wainwright who's one of the editors and I hope she's going to be uh, one of our future guests uh, as well um, in October um, and um, she asked me if I'd um, do it well it started off with would I do a review of Tom Nairn's uh, republication of The Breakup of Britain um, which I'm ashamed to say I hadn't read. So, so I read uh, the new, uh, newly released uh, publication. I think it's fourth publication of a book that was written in 1977, I think, in the 70s, certainly. Um, and it was interesting from the perspective, I, I found it massively interesting, from the perspective of, of being a member of NIP um, and this idea of, of, of breaking from Westminster and, and getting rid of the over-centralisation of, of our, of our you know, uh, Westminster uh, government and rule um, and uh, she asked me if I'd, I'd read the book and then at first do a, of a review of it but then when we got in different discussions she said oh could you write a bit more um, about uh, your experiences and um, and why you've gone along this journey of leaving Labour and then joining a party um, that, that seeks um, northern independence um, and um it, it, one thing led to another and it's ended up with a big piece in this latest edition, which um, I'm really quite proud of. But I must give thanks to Hillary for editorial guidance with it. But um, I enjoyed writing it and, um, and it also helped me in writing it to kind of crystallise quite a few thoughts about how I've moved from that belief in, in federalism. But actually the idea that there, there is... Um, the prospect of the breakup of, of, of the United Kingdom and it's becoming more and more real and when you see recently Tom you, you probably have seen the the pact between um, the SNP and and the Scottish Greens which is amazing really um, and you see the potential there when there's um, I'm not saying if I'm saying when there's a, a next Scottish referendum so you see that you see what's happening in in Wales as well very interesting what's happening with Welsh Labour 
and Plaid Cymru, then you see the possibility of Irish unification. And it doesn't seem so ridiculous to think, wouldn't the North then say, well, we're left here with England, we're in the North with this control from Westminster. So I also go into, in in the piece, uh, into this idea that Tom Nairn raises about the two-party equilibrium, that actually what's been happening with the Westminster establishment is they've been propping each other up, that, that you know, that this, this idea of, of supporting uh, the Crown and Church of England, the status quo, uh, that Labour historically has been part of that. And, and it's this idea of, oh, you know, what Jeremy Corbyn um, and, and those manifestos of 17 and 19 were doing was upsetting equilibrium. So I, I found it very interesting. I think it says some things that are quite contentious and I think <laughs> it, should, it should set um, a lively discussion going um, with it. So there's um, a launch at a uh, conference. Um, I'm going to be on the Red Pepper um, stand with Hillary and others from the Red Pepper team um, and um, I'm hoping to meet up um, I don't I think it's part probably of the world transformed part of what's happening at conference um, which looking to me as if that might be the big most biggest most exciting yeah. bit of <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a dreadful situation isn't it I, I, I mean I, I don't know how the Labour Party and those running it they must just be so uh, frustrated by what's going on. But, um, you know, they, it's of their own. I must be a bad person, Tom, because I think it's hilarious. Well, <laughs> I, I, I do I as well. <laughs> but it's, it, 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 it's just of their own making, really, isn't it? They yeah. could have done so much with what, what, where we'd got to, and they just basically rubbished the whole thing and tried to do what they want to do. And what they want to do has, has been shown to be absolutely nothing. And um, yeah, more and more people can see it. And um, yeah, so yeah, I'm looking forward to reading the article. And, 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 and yeah. just tell me one thing, one thing, can you just walk into the Labour Party conference? I would have thought you'd be persona yeah. non grata. No, no, no. Oh, no. I think, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I, you, you have to pay. It's quite a lot for your, for your ticket um, to, to actually um, get in and you have a pass. Um, I think it's around a hundred and something pounds um, from the, well, Saturday, I think it is, to, to the Wednesday, usually. I mean, I've gone every year for years and um, I, I, I hadn't intended to go, but then I did get an invite from the World Transform to, to take part in an event, but I wanted to do that remotely because it was on the Tuesday yeah. and I don't want to stay the whole time. Um, but um, I am going down now. And, and to be honest with you, I'm really excited about, because I'll see some comrades there as well. And, it's going to um, be interesting to see what kind of reaction you get. I can't, I can't wait. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know where the stand is going to be, but I, mean, I would imagine it'll be away from the main conference hall. I mean, I think I might need to ring a bell to warn people like West yeah. Street. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, fascinating. I mean, I, I, I can't think of anything worse. But, but I must say, it's it is exciting that that what's going on around that. 
Uh, and and uh, for once, I feel like the left is sort of standing up and saying we're still here. And, and yeah, you know, we're not I think they've really got organised with this. I think I think the idea of that parallel, you know, just showing the difference of the excitement and vision uh, of the left and um, um, what what we had and have um, compared to this staid, controlled, uh, you will do this, you cannot do that, um, which seems you know, so, uh, you know, the opposite, so lacking in vision, so yeah. lacking in empathy, yeah. so lacking in understanding of what the issues are, especially for the younger generation. Um, so I'm I'm really excited to be there. But as I say, I'm, you know, I'm sure I'm not flavour of the month with the um, main conference hall, so I'll be avoiding that. <laughs> no, well, I'll look forward to your reports. And you must remember every little detail that you know I'll be interested in, uh, Thelma, all, all the gossip, that's what I like. Yeah, yeah, I think we should have a episode uh, where we talk about the conference. I think that would be quite good for the week yeah. after. Yeah, that yeah. would be a great, great episode. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to sort of carry on with our established um, sort of uh, pattern where, where we talk a little bit about things that are happening right now and then we usually have a little go at the, a tiny little go at the tourism and then quite a big go at, where you know when's the left going to get it together and what we're going to do with the Labour Party and so on. It's a bit like a kind of um, Groundhog Day, isn't it? Really, our podcast, but but we try not to make it too like that. But I, it just seems to be for me the main thing is always well, you know, when are we going to do it? When are we going to do it? And we, but I'm partly because we almost did do it in ninety in in 2017. We almost sort of anyway. Before we get to that bit. We're, there's a couple of things that are happening right now that are quite current. One is the elections bill, and this is a, a Tory thing that is a complete and utter, utter travesty. Um, and I, before Thelma takes over on this, I just want to say, uh, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Thelma, I think it's basically sold on the basis of electoral fraud. And... Um, and uh, I looked up some stats, and there were in 2019 there were 142 cases of electoral voting fraud, um, some of which were dismissed. Uh, so you know this is an absolute nonsense. But I don't know if I've read that right, Thelma. You, you, you. No, there's been hardly any prosecutions for it. I mean, if ever we saw voter suppression, this is it. I mean, you, you know, the combination of this. Um, along with the um, boundary view that's coming up as well. I mean, it, it's just rigging everything in the Tories' favour. Um, and it's similar to what Trump was doing, um, of course, in the States. Um, I, I mean, the mandatory voter ID, for one, who are the people that are not going to have a current passport or driving licence? Well, we know, don't we? It's going to be the poorest people, the most vulnerable people, the people who are more likely to want or need a socialist government. Um, and so there's that. But also the other uh, almost double whammy is, is the... Um, new spending rules uh, for non-party campaigners, which would be the trade unions. And I think there's 12 affiliated unions um, that actually fund Labour. And I looked up, it's um, currently 390,000 per election um, would be limited to 30,000. So, I mean, people are having conflicting views about whether the unions should be back in Labour anyway now. Um, but, but, 
that is the Tories, of course, uh, preventing funds um, going to the Labour Party. Um, there's also going to be uh, powers over the Electoral Commission. And guess who's going to be heading that? Michael <laughs> Disco Diva Gove. Um, <laughs> can you imagine? Um, so seemingly there'll be a strategy and policy uh, statement that they have to comply with. And Michael Gove's going to be in charge of that from my reading, uh, which I think is very, very interesting. Um, and then there's new role, rules about the postal and, and proxy voting, which I think um, I, I think Labour have been uh, putting in place anyway, um, that campaigners are not allowed to handle the postal votes, which is quite a good part of it, I think. Um, but it's just, you, you know, you can see clearly what they're doing. And it makes me wonder, are they going to call an early election? You know, once they've got this through, hmm. Um, and the polling, the way it's going. Um, yeah, I don't really see why why they would need to do that because they're clearly going to win anyway, unless they think there's going to be a massive turnaround sometime soon. I, I can't well, see how Labour can ever win another election with the Scot Scottish Nationalists controlling yeah. Scotland. Uh, you know, it, you'd have to. They'd have to. Do, the, the Labour Party would have to do something utterly amazing, wouldn't they, to win? Well, the, the only thing I, that's gone through my mind is that the, the Tories and how they've behaved um, through through the COVID, you know, these emergency bills they've got and proroguing Parliament in the past and all of that, that, you know, maybe the chickens will come home to roost and things, the wheels will start to fall off and there'll be repercussions for, for, you know, what they've been doing over the last few years. So maybe calling it, this is just me. Oh, uh, yeah, no, you're right. The, all maybe the they, crap. they might call it early to give them another five years yeah. because they know that things might be going wrong when, yes. you know, the economy really tanks or, you know, Brexit. Of course, the element of Brexit within this. Yeah. Um, because I don't know if you're noticing, Tom, but I'm certainly noticing things missing off the shelves. Um yeah. A particular brands uh, brand that I buy that's French at uh, completely empty shelves uh, this week I'm noticing it with toiletries you know with groceries with uh, and it you don't really hear much of it on the BBC do you, you know, it's no, kind of, no. Uh, and it's not happening but what I'm saying is that if it, this continues and it worsens um then then maybe an early election um, would give them that other more five years rather than things really going wrong and there is a possibility that that, that um, people might see, begin to really see and really feel the impact. Um, I don't know, just... just yeah, no, thought. I think you're right. I can, but I think, I think in politics there, there must always be this awful feeling of, well, you know, we've just got to get through this bad bit, but it, it just seems to be one bad bit after another. I, I, I keep thinking about... Uh, Johnson and and in some ways you think well he's he hasn't had the best of luck has he he's had Brexit to deal with then he's had uh, Covid to deal with and now he's got all the aftermath of both those things to deal with and and he must be thinking blimey I seem to have drawn the short straw here am I ever going to get a good mm -hmm. one yeah no I, I mean for anybody it would have been difficult the advantage he's had he's, he's not had a real opposition has he no, uh, you know, he has not had an opposition that's called him out for all those things I mentioned earlier, uh, you, you know, um, well, just 
just breaking ministerial codes, for instance, that they just seem to have got away with. Um, all of the scandals, all of the spending public money, uh, the dodgy contracts. If you think about the number of things, it, I just can't, you know, when I think about Jeremy and John and the front bench as was, and what they'd have been doing to call these things out. And we, we're just now, we're seeing a bit more teeth now from Labour because they can see they're tanking in the polls. Um, but it, it's it, it should have been automatically that they were opposing all of these things. Plus, of course, the things that I, one of the reasons I resigned from Labour was the, you know, the human rights bills that they, they didn't, strongly oppose yeah. um, so all, all of those things he, he hasn't had a challenge really has he in that way um, and he's got the media on side there's a there's a lot going for him but yes I agree for anybody it would have been very very challenging um, now, he must be thinking what I what, what's coming next but I, I I can see what you mean if he can just catch a wave a bit like I mean you see you because the no fixed term parliaments, that's kind of what politicians have always done, isn't it? They try to catch the wave and get in and then get a, a few years where they can, you know, deal with a bit of havoc and then rig it for the next election. I mean, it's, it's so corrupt, isn't it? I'm... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, sometimes I just look at parliament and I think you've got these few brave souls that stand up and speak up and challenge. Um, but it's, for me, it's not fit for purpose. No, either. no, no, no. I mean, Nothing. we desperately need constitutional and electoral reform, desperately. Yeah, I, I absolutely think that if any, anybody who takes an objective view of what's going on would just say, well, this shouldn't have yeah. been allowed to happen. And, um, and it's this bubble of the PLP as well. You know, the, the report from the first live, if you like, uh, PLP meeting on Monday evening, and, the, and there's these kind of... Uh, well, I think staged social media posts of the PLP gave Keir Starmer a round of applause and all this. And I, I'm just, I'm just thinking: Have you seen the polls? Have you seen they're in this this bubble mm, uh, mm. that where the, the, you you just think to yourself, get real, you know, look at what's happening to our country. Um, and and look at look at what people are saying. Well, what's coming through in the polls about Keir Starmer, and indeed the party, and it, just the PLP. I, I I just think there's some good people still in there, but they they just they're in that committee room, and it's like another world, really. Um, and while the PLP think they're running the Labour Party. Um, it, it, we're not we're really not going to see well we're not going to see a socialist government um, and uh, we're not we're not going to see the country run I don't think in the way that it should be run um, it, we definitely need as I say that constitutional reform yeah well I think we, we've probably moved straight on to this because it's a, it is a something that you know it, it, my my interest in all this is that somehow or other we can advance the cause of uh, I don't even really necessarily want to call it socialism a, a better way of living that is fairer for for everybody and and honest and all of those qualities that you know we were we foolishly believed we had in this country when we were perhaps when we were kids um uh that's my interest and 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 it comes 
you have to look at where the power is and how you're going to get that power into the hands of people that will do something in that direction. And obviously, in my whole lifetime, the nearest we came to it was with Jeremy Corbyn and in, in 2017. And, and, and it gave so many people hope. And, uh, and I know we keep banging on and on about it, but that's where we've got to get back to. We've got to get back to that kind of thing. And, and can we do it with the Labour Party? I think I don't think we even need to ask Thelma that. I, how, can, how can that ever happen? Can it happen, Thelma? I mean, those people are staying in the Labour Party. Now, if you were still an MP, Thelma, what would you be thinking? Um, well, I, I would have given up the whip, Labour whip, a, a, ages ago. Um, the, there's, there's absolutely no way. Um, but... But it, I, I tell you what has touched me recently is seeing that little row um, in the chamber of, of Jeremy, Zara Sultana, John McDonnell, Richard Bergen, Becky Long-Bailey, and there may have been others, but th those are the ones I saw on that back bench yeah. sitting there. I think Diane Abbott was there another time. Um, and I just looked at that little bit and it gave me, it just gave me some hope because I thought that there may not be many of them there sitting by Jeremy's side. But one thing I know for a fact that I'd have been independent uh, MP by now, but I would have been sitting with them. And I, I know that. Um, and uh, and I've, I've known that right the way through. Um, and, and as you know, I didn't just leave the Labour Party because of Jeremy losing the whip. It was a number of reasons. Yeah. And every day, as I've said before, I'm so glad I did because I don't feel that I, you know, I'm a free person. I, I can speak openly um, about how I'm feeling. I try to do it uh, respectfully. I try not to be unkind. Um, but sometimes, it is, even for me, uh, it's through gritted teeth when some of them come up, some of these centrists come out with things that I just think uh, you, you are not get real, you know. Um, and um, I, I, but I do know that um, I immense respect for those uh, MPs and comrades and friends who are, are sitting alongside Jeremy and speaking out. Um, and as I've said before, it is very, it's not as easy as some people say, what are the SCG doing? Well, I would say with a few of them, yeah, what are they doing? Um, but for majority of them, they were elected on a platform as a Labour MP and they have a duty to their constituents. So it's not, having been an MP, it is not as straightforward of just saying, right, I'm not happy with this. Um, you know, you have to think about your constituency. You have to think about the future. Um, and um, you know, that's their judgment. My judgment would be to have given up the Labour whip, and if I was still there, and yeah. to uh, sit alongside Jeremy, but but to to be an independent, and and that's why somebody just put on about how you'd become an MP again, which was very nice of them. But I said no, I'm enjoying politics out of Westminster because I just know what it's like mm -hmm. and um, I think I can be more me I think I can speak openly from the heart and you've just mentioned about honesty um, I try always to be on it well I you know I hope I am always mm -hmm. honest but um, not be hurtful not because the problem is with someone on the left at the moment they're so angry and so seething and I do understand that anger and hurt. I do get that. But you've got to get over that. 
because you've got to get people on board um, and you've got to win over people that perhaps historically have not been on the left but are now saying, no, we're not happy with what's going on in Labour. We're not. Um, and, and to win those people up, if you're constantly angry and aggressive, that doesn't win people over. Even if your messaging, even if your policy, even if your principles are true and just and right, it's the way you do things, I believe. Um, and I, th- I suppose I've learned this from headship, you know, in my past career, that if you've got a team that you want to bring together, it's about listening to everybody. It's about treating people with respect. And if you're angry all the time, that's going to alienate people, especially those who aren't historically that into politics. They, ju- they just believe in social justice. Yeah. And want somebody to lead and do it. So um, I'm happier um, in myself for still being involved a lot um, in a different way, trying to bring people together, trying to be, I suppose, a calm voice of reason whilst not selling out. Um, because one or two on the left have accused me of that, you know, um, why are you still friendly with so and so? Why, you know, and that's to me, that's a nonsense, that's childish. Yeah. Um, and I think um, it's respecting people's views, even if you disagree with some of them or wouldn't take that route. Um, and and I, I agree with you, Tom. I do think it needs more people who, I suppose you need to be brave, um, but but being honest and also calling out people. I mean, not, I've done it this week with Lisa Nandy on social media because she's saying that she would go and knock on doors against um, Jeremy Corbyn. Um, in Islington North, this is take away the fact that he was leader of the Labour Party and elected twice as leader of the Labour Party. But the fact he's he's been a massively well respected MP for forty years, I think it is, or near enough forty years. And you know, I can speak from the heart with this because our eldest son. Um, lived in in uh, Islington North uh, for a few years, and and he he was constantly saying what a brilliant MP Jeremy Corbyn was as one of his constituents. That he'd see him at the weekends on the football pitch, local football pitch, playing with the the, the youth team uh, or supporting the youth team. He'd see him knocking on doors. He'd see him engaging with, and he's done that for forty years. And somebody like Lisa Nandy, who I think was four years old when he became an MP, has has said, "I would, I would knock on doors against him in Islington North when she's in a really tight, tight situation herself in Wigan." And that's led to an outcry of, well, we're going to come and campaign in Wigan to get you out of your seat. And But I just, I, it's not often I lose it on, so, but I just said, you know, grow up, you know, and learn from somebody who has done the job. Not taking away, it's a lack of respect for me because take away him as leader, Jeremy as leader, but just the respect for somebody. I know how hard it is being an MP. The fact he's done that job and still committed to his constituents whilst he was leader of the Labour Party. And I always remember once being in Port Cullis, him coming in and saying, I've no, I don't think I've ever missed a CLP meeting all the time that I've been MP. Um, I said, oh, are you kidding me? And he, he said, no, I, 
I don't believe I've ever missed a CLP meeting. So that's the kind of man he is. And for somebody like Lisa Nandy, who was part of the original coup, I believe, against him, to say that, I, I, I'm afraid, <laughs> you know, but, but the position I'm in now, I can I can speak out and I can and I can say, call it out for what it is. And the disrespect there and the and the arrogance there of what she said. And it's, you know, from all over the country, there's people saying, well, we're going to come down to Islington North if he is standing as an independent and come and, and door and door not for Jeremy, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so she's really been left with egg on Absolutely. That, that was a shocking, shocking thing to get. Yeah, just ill-judged on her part at best. Um, but Thelma, I do want to say that I do hope things turn around so you can be an MP again. That would be superb in a party that's, you know, worthy of of our qualities or your qualities, you know, that not part of that outfit. You know, they're devious, they're horrible, they're, they're, there's nothing to like about them. And, that, and uh, you know, I... I, I'm if we're going to carry on with this podcast, though, I'm going to have to say more and more. I'm going to be more outspoken about it because I cannot see any. We've got nothing to lose, really. I think in our first series, I was kind of worried that our guests were part of the Labour Party and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we couldn't be too dis disrespectful. I'm not being disrespectful, I hope. But no. I don't see the future coming from Labour. And it's up to them to prove me wrong. And so far, they're not doing very well. Well, I think, yeah, I I, I agree, Tom. I mean, I think um, these podcasts we're going to do uh, for this series, um, we're not, uh, we may have one or two MPs, but I think we're just going to have people um, who are on the left and are creatives, uh, you know, people who are activists on the left. Um, so a, di a, a different, uh, it's a different kind of theme, if you like. Um, yeah. and, I, and I was very protective especially of their comrades and friends um that that you know wanted them to obviously be our guests but not compromise them um because as an mp you there are standards in public life and yeah. expectations and i respect that and understand that um but that's where it gives me freedom you see to yeah yeah um, to, to be who who i am and to um you know to say to say what i think um, it, 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 well, as I say, in a respectful way, I hope. Um, but sometimes I do, I do, I was really cross over that. I thought the lack of respect there uh, 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 for Jeremy and, and the work he's done for his constituents for 40 years, um, I, I just thought that was just so arrogant and awful. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to take, take, uh, go back now, uh, Thelma, to uh, right at the beginning when I first met you, and I think on our first. My, maybe our first or second podcast, you said something that I, uh, at the time, I profoundly disagreed with. And <laughs> I didn't say anything because uh, I'm a coward like that. And, um, <laughs> and But I've come round to the, your view, actually, having done these podcasts and thought about this and batted away on and, you know, spent my time sort of thinking about these things. You said we need someone to lead the left. And um, at the time, in my um, kind of uh, purity, I felt like the last thing the left needs is leaders. We need to be people-led, We, which is true. I don't disagree with that. 
But to get us out of this hole right now, I kind of think we need big politicians or big characters to that can take take on who we've got to take on and that can you know get the people to follow now i know that doesn't sound like left wing politics in one way uh but i'm thinking i mean just like jeremy really and and it, and that's kind of why I didn't want to go down that road because I don't like personality politics and I can see what happens. You get, you know, with personality politics, it cuts both ways. You get your Trumps, you get your Johnsons. Uh, but we we could so do with someone, couldn't we, that just stood up and everyone went, yes. I mean, there's been a few around that I've gone, that's the kind of thing we need, you know, like that union guy uh, who didn't, who stood down, I can't remember his name, but he stood down. Oh, yeah, that's right yeah how he he's a really good speaker there's some good ones and obviously jeremy's still there uh so any others thelma there's some for the future that you know i i mean i've said publicly i think for the future zara sultana shows yeah. such bravery real bravery um, and she she's definitely, if I think, let's not say leader, let's just say what would be your ideal yeah. front, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And some are not politicians now. I mean, I think Ash Sark is brilliant. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, uh, you know, so so Zara Sultana, Ash Sark, uh, I still think there's people like Becky Long-Bailey, yeah. um, uh, Richard Bergen. Yeah. Um, if I'm talking about the younger, I mean, I still think Jeremy and John are the, yeah. are the people that, you know, the, the youngsters should be learning from, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, the, but, yeah, I mean, Clive Lewis, yeah. um, who isn't often seen as left, but Clive, for me, is the one that is a real visionary, though, and, and that un understanding of what's needed for uh, climate and social justice and constitu constitutional reform. So Clive always interests me. He, he's always forthcoming with ideas straight away on this uh, national insurance hike um, and the social care, straight away putting forward this is how it could happen yeah. fairly and not divide, uh, you know, the generations, etc. Um so, so Clive is one. So if I had, you know, an ideal front bench, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at, at those people for, for me. I'm sure I've missed people off there. There's, um, uh, yeah, Belle Ribeiro, um, Abzana Began. Dawn Lewis. Dawn, um, Dawn, not Dawn. Dawn Butler. Dawn Butler. Dawn Butler. Who again seen as left as some but still brave and yeah there's, a, there's some really good politicians <laughs> there good uh, younger politicians but at the moment what i'm seeing is um i mean the, the problem again on the social media in particular and on the left is this it's right to feel angry it's right to feel we were robbed in 17 um and, and 19 it, it's right to feel like that but keep going on about jeremy with this jeremy you know it it it, it can lead people who aren't um as as committed uh, or interested in politics to say oh stop harping on about yeah. well yeah we are harping on about it because it was wrong and until they released yeah. the fraud uh, report then you know, we're always going to say this is this was a rank injustice, yeah. and the 
terrible behaviour, corruption, all sorts, you know. Um, and that Ford report still angers me that I mean I made a personal submission of a small one obviously from my my viewpoint but I, I gave my contribution to it and I know many others did and it it, it is wrong and it, and people are angry um but but we can't just keep talking about Jeremy all the time it needs to be what what's going to happen in the future and but I have to say Again, with the world transformed, if anybody is going to bring people together and if it's going to get that attention and it's going to... Jeremy is still the one um, at the moment. And and what I hope and believe he's doing, although I've not spoken to him for a few weeks, um, what I hope and believe he's, he's doing is, is nurturing that future talent with people like Zara Sultana. Um but, but Jeremy is still the man for a lot of people on the left that is is that voice of integrity and principle. Um, and along with John, you know, he and John are still very close, whatever people try and say, um, still that close friendship and that solidarity between them. Not always agreeing on everything, but that friendship goes back many, many years and um, they, they still work closely together. Um, and I'm really pleased to see that. That's why I was so pleased to see them sitting together on the back benches. Um, but, but I think both of those men will be great mentors for this future generation. Uh, and if I can do my little bit from a distance to, to help with that, then I will do. Um, but, but yeah, I could talk about how a, a fantastic front bench that we could see for a truly socialist government. And, and I'm sure I will have missed... Um, somebody very obvious off there so I'm, I'm sorry if I do and I'll think about it afterwards probably and think oh dear me how did I miss that name that's okay there, you can, you can next week you can add to it next week Thelma there's yeah. no pressure we've got yeah. we've got a, we've got a little bit of time oh Ian Byrne Ian Byrne yeah, yeah Ian Byrne yeah there's there's yeah. some really okay. good good politicians and uh just I mean Ideally, we need the Labour Party to do us a favour and kick them all out, and then we're off. We'll go. But um, if that doesn't happen, hopefully, hopefully they'll, um, you know, uh, that that argument about being responsible to your um, your voters and your constituency, I I totally agree with you. But the thing is, if they did, if the SCG did leave to set up a a left party, if their if their electorates didn't like the idea of having a, a left wing MP they could always vote them out at the next election. So it's not, you know, it's not, I understand that it's, it would be correct to you've got elected as Labour MP and you should stay a Labour MP, but, you know, it's, it's, it wouldn't be terrible. It, it'd probably be in the long run, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? The end justifies the means, really. I think it would, people would go for it. Anyway, Thelma, yeah. that's been a great podcast and um, we've covered a lot of ground as usual. And, uh, uh, just so everyone knows, this this new series of podcasts is going to be a bit more anarchic than the last. We're not <laughs> going to do um, the timings are going to be erratic, and also because um, uh, hopefully the quality will be good. Uh, but I will be doing the edits, so um, uh, basically save money. Um, so we'll see how that goes as well. Um, yeah. so apologies in from the start there. And, um, yeah, thank you all for listening. And uh, hopefully you'll enjoy it. And hopefully you'll join us for the next podcast. So I'll hand you over to Thelma.
Yeah, it's been great talking to you again, Tom. It's flown by the last, uh, what is it, 40 minutes or so. Um, so we'll, we'll, um, we'll end with the words of Rosa Luxemburg. The most revolutionary thing one can do is always to proclaim loudly what is happening. Solidarity. Thank you.